0: Happy Easter. It's so good to see all of your faces, but I can't wait to see you guys, like, in person. If you forgot to get something to write with and write on, go and get it now, because we're going to do that one more time. If you don't get anything else from today, here's what I'd like you to get from me. Faith that is certain must have God as the object of our hope. Faith that is certain must have God as the object of our hope. About our issues of faith and hope, the the Easter celebration of Jesus' resurrection is most important. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15.
1: If you don't have your Bible, you really want to get it, because I've got about five or six more verses following this.
0: Reading together. First Corinthians 15, beginning at the 17th verse. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Only for this life will we have hope in Christ. We are all of all... Let me start 19 again. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Without Resurrection Sunday, there is no Christianity. There's no hope of eternity with God, but Jesus is risen. Amen? Amen. We have a hope that is always present, both now and forever. And it is great to have a hope for the future. But sometimes we need to find faith and hope in our daily living. How do we live in faith that is unshakable even when we're uncertain or in difficult times? Today, I want to give you three steps to more a, a more consistent life of faith. Let's see, looks like. Most everybody's back. Okay. What I'd like you to do is take a minute and choose one thing or one issue or one area of your life where you are finding it difficult to live with faith for the future. And write that down at the top of your paper. One thing or issue or area of your life where you are finding it difficult to live with faith for the future and then write that down at the top of your page.
1: If you're done, take a little wave and and let me know that you've got something. Okay,
0: looks like most of you are there. Just a real quick shout out to Sholeh, who just makes me sound so great to all of the people who are listening in Farsi. So thank you so much. Okay, the first thing you need to do is... Find out who or what is the object of your faith. Now, that may sound pretty obvious, but I want to suggest it might not be. So write on your paper, I have faith in what person or organization to help me with this issue. Write that down. I have faith in what person or organization to help me with this issue. Be as honest as you can. To commit it more, to think about that question and write down your answer. I have faith in what person or organization to help me with this issue. I have a little story um, to help set it up. Uh, For those of you who may not know the story of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Jesus rode in on a on a donkey. So just in case you didn't know, but that'll help you with this little story. A Sunday school teacher was giving a Bible lesson about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem to her second grade class. She started the class with a question. Okay, class, she said, Who can tell me what has four feet, very long ears, and is very strong? And nobody answered. Now class, you know this. What has four feet, very long ears, and is very strong? Still no answer. Come on class, what has four feet, very long ears, and is very strong? It has a tail, and people ride on its back. Finally, little Diane raised her hand and said in a timid voice, Well, ma'am, I think the right answer must be Jesus, but it really sounds like a donkey to me. Look, we're having church right now, and this is a sermon. The right, quote-unquote, the right Church answer to question one is God. But for many of us in circumstances, particularly where we struggle, the answer to this question is often not God. Your faith might be in your employer if you're worried about your job. It might be your doctor if you're worried about your health. It might be your friends if you're worried about being lonely. For most people, most of the time, the object of your faith is yourself. In your heart of hearts, you believe that ultimately it is up to you to find the solution that will solve whatever issue comes up. Look at the a- issue that, or area of your life that you wrote down that you're finding it hard to live with. Are you still okay with your answer? Number two, why is that person or organization the object of my faith? Write on your paper, why do I have faith this, in this person or organization? Why do I have faith in this person or organization? and then write down your answer. Why why do you have that, your faith in whomever or whatever you wrote?
1: Why do I have faith in this person
0: or organization? As you think about how to answer this, another question. What is your definition of faith? The dictionary defines faith as a belief, confidence, or trust in a person or thing. Everybody has faith in something. As Bob Dylan said in his song, you got to serve somebody. Everyone has faith in something or somebody. Most of the world and Sometimes Christians as well have faith in themselves as the object of their faith. I have to figure out what is best for me. I'll get input from other sources. But in the end, I have to do what is right for me. I have faith in me. (coughs) Excuse me. The Bible suggests a different source. Hebrews 11.1, 1. most of you have heard this, even if you don't know exactly where it's at. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The world system offers a wide variety of options for our hope. It can be education or medicine or money or relationships or something else. Now, all of these things are not bad. I would like to have more of all of them in my life. But none of these produce a certainty in what we have faith in. What is faith for a Christian? Being sure of what we hope for. In what or whom does a Christian have hope? Over 25 times the Bible tells us to hope in God. The Bible never tells us to hope in anything or anyone else. So what is hope? Hope is the confident desire for an expectation of security, trust, and good. Hope is the confident desire for an expectation of security, trust, and good. So ask yourself, who or what is most likely to be the best object of our hope? Who can produce that confident desire and expectation of security, trust, and good in me? Is it God? Is it your doctor? Is it you? Lamentations. Everybody knows where Lamentations is, right? 325. Go to Jeremiah and turn right if you're using paper Bible. Lamentations 325 says this. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. That is an amazing verse to me. God, who cannot lie, tells us that he is always good when we hope in him. The only qualification is to seek him as the source of our faith. Go back to your answer to question number two, which was, why do I have faith in this person or organization? Are you still okay with your answer? And number three is make hope in God a lifestyle. And this is something that will take effort. Write on your paper, how do I hope in God? In a difficult situation. Take a minute. To answer that. How do I hope in God in difficult situations? Write down how you go about doing that. In all these things, I last time I spoke and this time, I ask you to write it down so that you can go back and look at it and use it as a starting place to begin to bring about change, to move from unbelief into peace, and to move from uncertainty into faith. How do I hope in God in difficult situations? I'm gonna give you an example of how I put this into practice this week. As most of you know, my wife, Mary has a number of challenging health issues. She is in the COVID-19 category of most vulnerable. Now they tell us you, the, the most usual first sign for contracting the virus is a temperature. Last Monday night, Mary told me she felt chills, but her forehead was hot. Now, Mary often has temperature fluctuations, So I wasn't too concerned, but because of the situation we're all in now, I did wonder about the fever because it felt like she had a little bit of a fever. Well, Mary woke up Tuesday and clearly had a high fever. Her forehead was really burning up. If the fever persisted, it would be a really bad thing. And it would probably indicate she had the virus. I live with hope in God, but that fever was definitely an attack on my faith. Now remember, faith is being sure of what I hope for. My hope is in God. So throughout the day, I battled to keep my faith by keeping my hope in God. I used three verses that I have memorized and that I have found work for me to help keep my faith. I almost always start when I am contending to keep my faith. I almost always start with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. When I am contending, I tend to start with this verse. So last Tuesday morning, after I found out that Mary still had the temperature, I had to get focused on God's good plan for me and God's good plan for Mary, regardless of what the physical situation was in front of me. So I asked God for hope and reminded myself that God's plans are never to harm. The next verse that I use often is Isaiah forty thirty one. That verse says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar with, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This verse gives me a plan on how to go about renewing my strength because I hope in God to soar like to soar on wings, like eagles. When I clearly fix my hope on God, I get a different perspective. I'm not stuck on the ground. I have heaven's view of the situation. I get a different perspective in my situation last Tuesday. I saw myself as a person unwilling to agree with all of the bad news on television. Part of my disagreement included not believing that a fever in Mary automatically meant she had the first symptom of COVID-19. My hope in God produced in me a perspective of health rather than being resigned to a harmful virus. The next phrase, run and not grow weary. Middle of the morning, I asked Mary if she felt like she needed to call our family doctor. She told me, "Um, no, not yet. I wanted to be sensitive to how she felt, but I also didn't feel in my spirit that medical help was the right choice at that moment. So I continued to run towards God, and it almost felt physically like I was running towards God. I prayed in my heavenly language in tongues, and I rested in God's goodness. The third phrase in this verse is walk and not faint. As the day went on, Mary did not get better. The fever did not go away. But because I kept my hope in God's goodness, I didn't faint I didn't give in to the reality of the fever because the superior reality of God's goodness and strength just kept me present with her and with God. See, we don't say that the the fever isn't there if it isn't there. It is a reality. But the spiritual truth of God is always a superior reality to the physical circumstances. Hello? We don't say that the reality of a physical is not there. We do believe and declare the superior, superior reality of God's goodness and strength. And that keeps us present in the circumstance, but still keeps us connected with God. Spiritual truths are always superior to physical realities. They're both real, but spiritual truth of God's goodness is always superior to our physical circumstances. The last verse that I was thinking about and meditating on towards the afternoon and evening was this in Romans 15:13 and I love this verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope By the power of the Holy Spirit. That's such a cool verse. I just love that one. So I'm going to read it again because I'm the one talking and I get to get to do this. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary usually goes to sleep around 9 o'clock. She's on a fairly consistent uh, pattern of meds for her various physical situations. Around 8.30, I had this sense of peace and power of Holy Spirit in me, just what Romans 15.13 was talking about. So I got up from my chair and went over to the couch where Mary was laying. I put my hand on her forehead, which was still quite warm, well above normal. All I said was, no more fever. Mary thanked me and went to bed. And she woke up Wednesday morning with no fever, and she's had no fever since then. Praise God. Made me a happy husband. I share this as one possible example for you of hoping in God in a difficult situation and the process that we need to go through to get from focused on the physical difficulties, whatever it is, money, you you pick your issue. To move from the physical difficulties to the hope that God is going to do something that is beyond what the physical circumstances suggest. Each one of you is going to need to get with God, spend some time with Holy Spirit to find the verses that are Rama rhema from you. The verses I gave you may not work for you. Whatever God tells you, here's your plan. Here's the things I can help you walk through. I don't use the same verses every time. But you get with God, you find verses, you get them in your arsenal that they're ready to reply to the attacks of the enemy. Get some songs that you can play in a loop that get you into God's presence. If you haven't already got it, get a release in the gift of tongues to be able to speak directly to God when you don't have adequate words you understand. Sunil talked about this earlier. I just love that gift because when I go, God, my wife is laying on the couch, and she's not getting well, and I don't want her to get this this virus that I know you don't want. I don't even have words to say. I don't know how to pray. But I can pray in a language of heaven that guarantees God is going to hear. God is going to hear my heart. Holy Spirit is going to pray the things necessary. So I encourage you, these steps are just steps unless you decide to find how it's going to work for you. Step number three is discover your process. Faith is that certain, faith is the certainty that we must have God as the hope. I'm sorry, as the object of our hope. Faith is that certainty that we must have God as the object of our hope. May you grow in faith by strengthening your hope in God. Father, I ask right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each person in our community, and you would encourage their hearts to say you want to be there, to move from a place of distress or uncomfort or even unbelief and move into a place of faith and hope. I ask that you would plant in each person a desire to say, I do not want to stay in this place that isn't from God, and that you would create a hunger like Sagwan shared in his testimony, God, a hunger that says, I got to get the kingdom perspective. I've got to get into doing the kingdom things. And that there would be a, a diligence to pursue time with you until there's a clarity that says, this is my process for moving from the focus on what's wrong in the physical to the peace and hope and faith that God gives because his truth is superior to the things that we see in the physical. God, I ask that your blessing and anointing would be on each person that they would find hope in you. Amen.